Welcome to Connect Canyons, a podcast about learning and teaching in Utah's newest and fifth largest school district. Learning is about making connections, and as we, the name of this podcast suggests, we're here to invite our listeners to connect and learn with us. This is a show about what we teach in Canyon School District, how we teach, and why. In the coming months, we'll get up close and personal with some of the connection makers, personalities, programs, and prospects that make our schools click. We'll meet national experts, too, including today's guest, Dr. David Parker, an author, professional speaker, and educational leader who is dedicated to improving how we communicate with one another and building what he calls authentically inclusive climates and cultures. Dr. Parker, welcome to Connect Canyons, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, and it's wonderful to be here in Canyon School District. I read up a little bit about your history. It sounds like you've got some background, some educational background in, in, in social work, education, and educational leadership, professional sign language, right? Interpreter? Yes. Or, yeah. And then you're an author of a series of books called The Best By Me, I Can, The Best Me, me I, I Can, can Be, be series. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so you were invited here today to welcome our counselors, psychologists, yes. nurses, therapists, school resource officers to a new year and kind of talk about their role in maintaining school environments that are authentically inclusive. Yes. Um, help me understand how you define inclusion. What is authentic mm. inclusion? Um. I'm excited that you've asked me to be here and talk with, um, with, the, with the listeners because when you introduced today, you talked about how we teach and why. Um, to be able to teach, we need to have relationships with our students. And to be able to teach, we need to have relationships with the families in which they come from. And authentic inclusion um, is intentionally creating uh, space, our classrooms, our schools, our district, where each and every person is accepted, celebrated, and intentional um, behavior goes into um, making sure people are validated, um, as opposed to just lip service. You know, so we say something and then we put action to our words. So it's not just everyone is welcome here. But not you, um, because it's not the right day of the week or something like that. So making sure that our um, our belief and our behaviors are aligned is what's meant by authentic inclusion. Yeah, so you use the word um, intentional. Right? Yes. So, because it, you would think this kind of thing would just come second nature, um, but it, it doesn't necessarily, right? No, it does not. Um, one of the... A current a theme throughout the, the workshops that I did today, and talking with um, the teachers and the the, the 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 wellness staff, and the SROs, the school resource resource officers, as well as the psychologists. In each of those workshops, they talked about how being exclusionary is the easy way to go. There's a lot less work in that I, if I just interact with people that I already know, if I just interact with people that look like me, dress like me, worship the same way I do, that's easy to do that. So we have to intentionally make some changes in our behavior if we want to create a space where everyone feels included and accepted. And so what, what were some of the common things that you hit on today with our, our counselors and, and psychologists? What, you know, how, how do you go about, you know, being intentional? I mean, it's, 
it's much easier said than actually um, put into, into practice, but intentional in the sense of the words that I use when I'm talking to students. Um, am I listening to my students or am I, list, am I listening to just to hear their voice or am I listening to understand where they're coming from? Those are two different actions because when I'm listening to understand, I'm looking at the student I'm acknowledging the student with a nod of the head, similar to how you're doing now as we're talking. You can't see that me at home, but she's nodding her head to let me know she's listening. She's listening for understanding. Um, you're not glancing out the window. You're not glancing at your watch, etc. Children, young adults pick up on that. We all do, but they pick up on that tremendously. It lets them know if you matter. We want Everyone wants to matter to someone. They want to matter to the folks in their school. You know, the the counselor, the social worker, the school resource officer, my teachers, the principal, etc. I want to know that they see me. And when I listen for understanding, the student has my full attention. And I'm not um, evaluating what they're saying or putting my own meaning to it or negating their experience. So when a student comes to, let's say, a, the, 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 a counselor or a social worker and says, X, Y, Z happened to me, the counselor or social worker will respond to that student about how to find out how they're feeling and doing with that happened, that which happened, as opposed to saying, really, did that really happen? You know, I'm, this is a nice school. I don't think anybody would do or say something like that. That negates the child's experience and negates the child, um, their, their feeling of self-worth. So an inclusive school um, makes everyone feel important and valuable. And I think that's probably good advice for parents as well, right? I mean, oftentimes as a parent, I mean, there have been times when I haven't probably uh, been fully present for my children or Honest. really listened to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Parents have a parents have a crazy life, you know. At any given minute, at, at any given moment, you're like 18 different people in, in one situation. But over the course of time, your children realize that sometimes they're there 100, percent and sometimes I'm only going to get 75. percent But there's a relationship that's there and a trust that's built up from the consistency of the interaction with the teacher. Even though that's the person I see um, second to the amount of time I spend with my family, that consistency isn't the same. And there's more questions that the student might have about the teacher's care about them as opposed to the consistent relationship they have with their parents. Because you've known your kids since they were kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Being aware of the types of things that can cause us to not behave in a way that is accepting and inclusive. Stress is one of those areas that will cause the most caring, compassionate person to look and act and behave as if they're not present. Um, So ways to reduce stress. Um, For people that don't feel appreciated in their work, that low self-worth that they have from their workplace is a is a, another way that um, shows up in how they interact with with students. 
um, having um, nebulous goals um, and leaving too many areas of um, subjective interpretation allows for more behavior that could result in um, not making a, an inclusive space. So developing a culture within a school and a district where the teachers and, and the support staff and the wellness people feel valued and appreciated, um, not just with a, a cupcake every couple of, couple of months, but some real tangible ways of letting people know the good job that they're making, the impact that they're having on the students, on the families, on the district as a whole. Um, that goes a long way in, in, in doing that. Um, giving people an opportunity to talk and have conversations about the difficult things that take place in each school or throughout the district. Because when the students come back from the um, the virus and they come back, they're going to come back with a lot of questions, a lot of experiences, a lot of misconceptions. How prepared are we to have conversations about the full range gamut of what students are going to want to talk about? Because if I can't talk about those things, that could interfere with how I will learn or what I will learn. Mm -hmm. Are we prepared to have those conversations? Are we prepared to do those, that reflection that's needed to make those intentional changes. Um, it seemed today from the conversations in the workshops that the um, support people, the, um, the wellness folks, the, um, the school resource officers and the psychologists are all ready to do that work. And each workshop indicated, you're talking about very hard work that has to be done, but our children are worth it. That's an exciting thing to hear. That's very exciting, especially for someone like myself that works with schools all over the country. And I don't always hear that. So um, it's exciting to be in a place where um, everyone was saying that it's hard work. I'm afraid, but I'm ready to do that. And um, well, That's fantastic. What um, I think what's fascinating, too, is... Um you know, our school resource officers and our therapists, I mean, they're on the front lines. And as you said, they do have such an opportunity to make so much difference because they encounter so many different children, right, in a given day, in a given month, in a given year. And, um, you know, probably when you're in the trenches, you lose sight of that. Um, probably don't ever lose sight of the, 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 the weight of the responsibility, but maybe just the, the upsides to that, right? The, the, the empowerment that you should feel to, to make a positive difference in yes, your yes. life. Because from the resource officer perspective, as best as I can understand it, they see students at their worst. You know, they're not called into a classroom or called into a situation because student XYZ is doing something marvelous. You know, that might be a rare exception, but more times than not, they're called upon when something is going wrong. Um, so for them to see that they can have a long-lasting positive effect on students, not just the students that they're working with, but students all around them, I feel that they need to know, they need to know that. At the same time, I feel that they need to know that sometimes they get dealt a, um, an unfair hand because 
and I'm not speaking, that's not, I'm not talking about this district because I don't know as much about the school resource officer relationship with the classroom teacher, but in some districts, the school resource officer becomes a pseudo-disciplinarian. Mm. You know, so when the teacher is unable to manage an individual or a group of individuals in a class, they call upon the school resource officer, and that person becomes a disciplinarian in the class or the school, which is not a law enforcement issue, but it also what it does for the child, it gives them a negative interaction with law, with law enforcement. And too much research has um, indicated that the more contacts young people have in situations like that, it increases the chances of them having a long-standing um, relationship with the um, law enforcement, such as the detention centers we have here in in, in, in Utah for, for youth that are basically incarcerated. Mm -hmm. So it begins in our schools in, in many cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know we look to them as valuable partners in keeping our schools, you know, safe, welcoming, and prepared. And I think, you know, they're, they're sort of an abiding presence in the hallways, you know, from, you know, elementary school on up. And I think that they do, they are in a position to establish meaningful relationships with our students, and I think many of them are um, very valuable role mm -hmm. models. Mm -hmm. Yes. Any parting thoughts for, um, or words of advice that you might have for um, teachers and counselors and parents as we sort of begin what is going to be a very challenging year? <laughs> um, don't shy away from those necessary, needed conversations those conversations about where I as a district fell short in regard to responding to all the children when this crisis with the pandemic began. Um, don't shy away from the conversations where all children aren't being treated in an equal and fair way. They may not even be aware that they're doing something or saying something that is hurtful. But if we continue to be silent and continue not to have the conversations that are challenging, but it makes me stronger in character and therefore stronger as an educator, we're not really going to be there 100% um, for our students. And that's for all the students across the board because you don't need to just have conversations of equity with minority students. That's a conversation for every person to be involved in because all of us make up the community. And we have to decide what type of community we want to live in, what type of community do we want to go to school in, um, worship in, etc. And um, we need to have those conversations. That's one of the things our superintendent has been saying, that we need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes. And yes. Um, is there a way that um, you sh as an individual you should go about having those conversations? I mean, you know. Look at the conversation from a point of growth an invitation to grow. Um, when I started to learn to ride a bicycle, a two-wheeler when I was younger, um, I ran into fences, cars, fell so many times, we had to get a new fender put on the bicycle. There's pain in that. Yeah. But now, some 10 million years later, I still can hop on a bicycle and, and ride it without any difficulty. It's basically the same thing. You know, getting through these conversations about um, fairness and inclusion and what is my role in 
um, continuing an unfair situation. Those are painful, but the other side is so exciting. The other side is so exciting and refreshing for everyone. Well, sort of like the subject of the podcast, or, right? Which is making connections and yes. really build relationships by learning and growing together. Yes. Right? It's never easy, but it's always worthwhile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> never well, easy, but always worthwhile. Yep. Well, I sure thank you again for taking time to, oh, thank to chat. You. It's been a long day for you. And um, anyway, I look forward to uh, hopefully crossing paths again. Sounds good to me. I look forward to it as well. And thank you, everyone, for listening to on this podcast today. Join us again for the next episode of Connect Canyons, a podcast sponsored by Utah's Canyon School District. If you have any comments for us, questions, or ideas for topics you'd like us to explore, email us at communications at canyonsdistrict.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. Please be sure to share it with a friend. I'm Kirsten Stewart, and this is Canyons School District.